take a look at three, these three dimensions today. Number one, the proof of Jesus. You know, Jesus repeatedly proclaimed that he was God and that he came to this earth in human form. He claimed that he would raise from the dead. You see several different scriptures concerning the facts of Christ being raised from the dead. We notice this over there in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. I want you to pay particular attention to that specific verse. Matthew the 12th chapter and the 40th verse. If we could bring that up, that would be appreciated. Matthew 12:40. It says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So he's speaking here in general terms. And then in John chapter 2, and we notice in verse 19 uh, through verse 22, he speaks again in general terms of the fact that he was going to be dying. He said, Jesus said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Verse 20, then said the Jews, forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? Verse 21, but he spake of the temple of his body. Verse 22, when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remember that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. And so he's speaking generally, and then he gets very specific, as we notice in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 22 through 23. It says, While they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto him, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. The reason why they were so sorrowful is because they did not believe. And then in Matthew chapter 20, he's speaking specifically again in verse 18 and 19. He said, Now behold, we go to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. But what happened on the third day? On the third day, he shall rise again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead proves that Jesus Christ is God. You know, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church of Corinth, said this, he said, for what I received passed I unto you as of first importance. In other words, this was primary in the Apostle Paul's thinking. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The foundation of Christianity is based on this event. What happened is that historical morning is that Jesus Christ came out of death and was brought into resurrection life. And then the Apostle Paul talks about all of the witnesses. I mean, this is undeniable evidence. These are the facts. I want you to notice this in verse 5 through verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And that he appeared to Cephas, and to then to the twelve, 
After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Paul says most of them are still living today. Go talk to them. They'll testify. Though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one that was abnormally born. We see that Jesus showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days and speaking to them of things concerning the kingdom of God. We know that Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to a group of women. He appeared to Peter that afternoon. He appeared to two guys on the road to Emmaus. And he had multiple appearances with his 12 disciples over 40 days. That is what I call conclusive proof. Listen, having that many eyewitnesses will hold up in any court of law today. And so it is a historical fact that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose from the dead. Now, how many of you ever seen a movie in 3D before? Well, perhaps you saw that movie years ago in black and white. You know, there's a huge difference between black and white and 3D. There's a huge difference between black and white and color. So the first part of the dimension of Christ is black and white. We get the facts. Some of you are looking at me like, ho-hum, what else is new? When are you going to preach something different? Well, we're not going to really... This is it, folks. We're going to preach the Word every Resurrection Sunday. Because it is absolutely essential to the born-again experience. Only if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead can you be saved. And then the second dimension is the color of the resurrection. It makes it look a little bit clearer. But when we get into this third dimension, it's going to come alive in your heart. I said it's going to come alive in your heart. And so the second dimension of this resurrection is the promise of the resurrection. And that is this. One day in the future, if you're a child of God, He is going to resurrect you. He is going to give you a glorified body. If you're in the grave, He's going to lift you out of the grave. If you're alive and remain, you're going to be caught up together with Him to meet Him in the air. It is the promise. It is the hope. Hallelujah! Of a glorious life eternally with him you see what jesus did it speaks absolute volumes about what he will do in our future the new covenant is absolutely loaded with the promises about our future resurrection for example in first corinthians six fourteen, it says this and god has raised up the lord and he will also Raise you up by his own power. Hallelujah. Don't you know that if the Spirit of God came into that cold tomb and quickened Jesus and raised him from the dead, 
and then imparted new life into you when you opened your heart to receive him as Lord and Savior? And then down the road in the future, he's going to take you completely out of this world and raise you and give you a glorified body? Don't you know that the Lord is for your body? Do you not know that you are bought with a price? That you are a purchased possession? And I understand this completely. That if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, he certainly can quicken our mortal body. I mean, if he brought him from the dead and brought you from the dead and going to bring you out of here, certainly it's no stretch for us to believe that he can heal you. That he can quicken you. And that he can make you alive. It's a taste of future glory. I'll take a little taste right now. The Bible says that we are to taste and see that the Lord is bad. No, that's not what the scripture says. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to taste of the powers of the world to come. Oh, yes, there are some things to come that we're going to taste fully. But I believe we can take a good taste of it here and now. A taste of health, a taste of prosperity, a taste of strength. Amen. Hallelujah. The quickening power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and he has become the firstfruits of of them that slept. The first fruits. He is the firstborn among many brethren. Now, I don't know what my number is, but my number's in there somewhere. And you may know, not know what your number is, but you're in there somewhere. I'm glad that he rose from the dead. In verse 21, it says, For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. In other words, our future resurrection is based on his past resurrection. He is the first fruits. He is the prototype of our future. Are you ready to get happy today? Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, and let's read this. I realize that I'm speaking to a congregation mostly that is born again today. So in a few moments, I want to get down to the nitty gritty, if you will, and talk to you about this, how this power can affect your daily life. He says, for our conversation, the word conversation there is citizenship. Do you know that you're citizens of the kingdom of God? That you are living in this world, but thank God you're not of this world. He said, our citizenship, our conversation is heaven, in heaven, from whence, or therefore, we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, read it with me. Who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned like unto his glory. You're going to get a glorious body. Man, I'm going to look about 32 years old when I get to heaven. No more gray for me. Hallelujah. Juan Valdez is going to be back in action. He'll change. 
He's going to change your vile body. That it may be fashioned like unto what? His glorious body. Just think about it. A glorious body, full of life, full of strength, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. He said, I am the life. And whoever believes in me, though he will die, he will rise again. And so this second dimension of resurrection power, this second aspect is something that gives us hope in our future. But it also conveys to me a glorious truth that how much value that he places on your body. Think about that. Your body is his temple. Your spirit is not only purchased by the blood of Christ. But your health and your body has been bought and paid for. So that you can walk now in divine life and walk in divine health. I believe we ought to be walking in resurrection power in our minds, in our bodies, in every area of our life. Therefore, it's real important for me. And it's important for you not to let your body rule you and not to let your body dominate you. That's why he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you take this body, this flesh, which will one day be glorified, but is currently bought and paid for with a price, that you take this body and you present it to him as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto him, which the scripture says is your reasonable service or it is your intelligent worship. It is a wise man or it is a wise woman who takes care of their temple. It is a wise person that does not allow their temple, their body to do anything and everything that it may want to do. It is a wise child of God, a wise daughter of God, that says, Lord, I am yours. In my body, I present it to you. Utilize this body for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. Hallelujah! Amen! Now, Let's talk about this third dimension. This third dimension, where it comes alive, where this becomes your story. Look at your neighbor and say, this is my story. story. The power of the resurrection is this, is that Jesus offers his power to you every day. It's a current reality that's to be experienced On a daily basis. Yeah, thank God we can walk by the word. Thank God the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. I found a verse of scripture that I want you to look at this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and and verse 15. Notice this with me. 
how that Jesus talks about the kind of life that we could have. I want us to look at in the message, if we could pull it up there, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. I can quote it to you, but I'd like for all of us to see it. It says, Jesus included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. What kind of life? A resurrection life. Now listen to this. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. What kind of life do you have? Well, I have a good life. That's not the kind of life he came to give. It's included in it. But he came to give you a far better life. An abundant life. To the full. Until it overflows. I love this. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. You know, I think about Dr. Phil one thing he always says to his people, he says, how's that working for you? <laughs> you are not your own. Therefore, we must not try to live our life on our own. The question I have for you, how's that working for you? But if you turn your life over to him, you'll live the resurrected life. It's a far better life. The Apostle Paul one day he just, you know, he had such a love for Jesus. And he said, you know, here's what my purpose is. This is what my determined purpose is. My determined purpose, Paul says, is that I may know him. And that I may know the power of his resurrection. Now, it's an interesting word where he talks about know him. It's nosco in the Greek which means that I may experience him. When you know him, you will experience him. It's not a knowledge that's up here, but it's a knowledge that's down here. That I may become, Paul said, deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Now notice that through this acquaintance with him, and through this knowledge of him comes the experience of his resurrection power. That's why I encourage the saints for all these years in ministry, get to know him. Get to know your Bible. Spend time in the presence of God. Spend time worshiping God. Inquire of him. Let his Love and his word dwell deeply in your heart. I'm telling you, folks, there is a raising and there is a lifting that is available to every blood-bought child of God. His resurrection power will lift you and will raise you up from your current circumstance. And people say, yeah, but Pastor Mark, that sounds good. I just don't know whether I can believe that. Because understand this, Pastor. There have been so many things that have come against me this past year. There's been so many things 
that have brought me down. Well, we know what that is. It's the enemy. And he walks about as a roaring lion, does he not? Seeking whom he may devour. And the enemy is not the author of a far better life. The enemy is the author of the law of sin and death. Is that right? You see, the enemy operates and moves in death and in fear. But I'm here to announce to you today that there's a higher law that overcomes the law of sin and death. There is a law of lift, if you will, called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that supersedes the law of sin and death. And if you will turn your life completely over to him and get under this law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, he will raise you, he will lift you, and next Easter, you'll be better off. Amen. And you'll be better off tomorrow. Because you're experiencing a far better life. Now, I've discovered that I've got something to do with this. You know, there's laws that are in place in the Word of God, and, but I have to align myself with these laws. That's right. Amen? Amen? Just like in the natural realm, you better align yourself with the law of gravity. <laughs> right? I mean, if you go on top of this building and jump off, the law of gravity is going to take over. Yeah, but pastor has given his angels charge over me. Yeah, but not for your stupidity. (laughs) Amen. But I've discovered this, that I have a part to play in this resurrection power. I have something that I must do to align myself with this glorious law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I discovered what that is. How many of you like to know what, what part of that is? That's about three of you. Okay, well, well, let's look at Colossians chapter 3 anyway. Colossians, the third chapter. And notice with me in verse 1 and verse 2. Colossians, the third chapter, and verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ. How many folks do we have here today that have been risen with Christ? Did he raise you up together? Did he make you sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ? Oh yeah, we've been raised from the dead. Since then, we have been raised with Christ. Here's our part. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Now listen, when God tells you, to seek those things which are above, that's an empowerment for you to be able to do it. Now, I've discovered this in my life, that I will rise to the level of what I'm looking at. You will go to the place where you've been looking. Another way to say it would be this way. What you behold or what you look at is what you become. Say it with me. What I behold is what I will become. What I seek is what I shall find. And so this is what he's saying to us today. Seek those things 
which are above, not beneath. And then in verse 2 he says, set your affection, and the word affection there means set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead, and what? Your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, I'm not a pilot, but I know some pilots. And I know this about jets and airplanes. And we've seen it happen in the news, oh, I think in the last six months, that two jetliners, they went right off of the, what do they call it? The runway. And one landed right before a fence, and another one went through the fence and got in a lot of trouble. Now, why is that? Because the nose was not pointed upward. You see, as a pilot, a pilot can't keep the nose pointed down the runway if they want to fly. If the nose stays that way, they're going to run into a lot of trouble. Amen? What's got to happen? The pilot's got to pull the nose up. And you know when they first pull the nose up, they're still on the ground, right? But oh, thank God, something happens. The wings angle up and they catch the wind. And the next thing you know, they've left the ground. And they're coming up. I said they're coming up. You and I must rotate, if you will, our minds. Because there's so much junk down here. There's so much curse. There's just a bunch of crazy people down here. But we must rotate our minds. Amen. I know how to get out of this. I seek. I put my nose up. I keep my head up. I keep looking unto him. Oh, yeah, my feet may still be on the ground. I may be still in current circumstances and situations. But if I'll just keep looking and keep my nose up, the winds of the Holy Spirit are going to take me and they're going to lift me. And soon I'll be up, up, up above the circumstance of life. Glory to God. Seek those things which are above. So I got a new code name. A new code word for you. Keep your nose up. Keep your nose up. Keep your head up. Keep looking unto him. And so we access this resurrection power by keeping our eyes on him. And then we also activate this resurrection power through our faith in him. Ephesians chapter 1 says this. He prays that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Notice with me, this power is great, this power is available, and it's accessed to those who believe. Do you believe today? We sang that song, I believe. Do you believe that Jesus Christ 
conquered death, hell, and the grave for you. Do you believe that when he quickened your spirit, he also made healing available for your body? Do you believe that a sound mind is available to you? You see, this exceeding great power is accessed and it's activated through our faith. And here's what faith does. The spirit of faith believes in one's heart and the spirit of faith releases with the words of one's mouth what it believes in his heart. Amen? So this greatness of his power is activated through faith in him. Amen? Now, the Apostle Paul faced a lot of tests. He faced a lot of trials. He said, you know, I was in Asia and there were all these things that came against me. Matter of fact, he said, here's what happened. There was a sentence of death in our lives. But we did not trust in ourselves. We did not trust in our ingenuity. We did not trust in our wisdom to get us out of the trouble that we faced. But here's what we put our trust in. We put our trust in the God who raises the dead. Have you put your trust in the God that raises the dead? Hallelujah. If he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can certainly raise a broken relationship. If he can raise Jesus from the dead, he certainly can raise a dead career. I'm telling you this morning, there's resurrection power available for any dead situation. We serve a God who quickens the dead and makes alive those things that have been dead in our lives. Say it with me. He lifts me. How many of you could use a lift today? He wants to quicken you. He wants to raise you. And the thing about it is, you don't have to wait till you get to glory to be raised. Think about where he's already brought you from. Has he brought you out of some stuff? Has he brought you out a long way? Oh, man. You look back and you see what God's done? It'll cause you to run around this building. And shout, man, the Lord's been good to me. Hallelujah. We sing that song, when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I want to dance, I want to shout, I want to do it all at the same time. You know, sometimes if we just look back and see what he's done and what he's brought us from out of that low place into a higher place. But I submit to you folks that he is not done yet. Hallelujah. Now from here, you and I can keep going up. I said we can keep going up. We can go higher and higher from glory to glory, faith to faith, and strength to strength. I tell you what your immediate immediate future is. Your immediate future is up from here. I'm telling you what. For us to do as a church what he's called us to do, for you to do individually what he's placed on your life to do, we all need a raising. We need a lift. Amen? And when God lifts us, and when we're raised up, where we can see more clearly, and we can see from his perspective, it is a wonderful thing. You know, there's just so many examples in the word of God concerning how that he will raise you, and he will lift you. Let me just quickly 
go over a couple. He says, for in the time of trouble, he will hide you in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall set you upon a rock. And he says, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. Amen? Now shall my head, nose up, head up. I discovered that he is in fact the glory and he is the lifter up of your head. David said, man, there's, the trouble has increased. Many are they which say of my soul, there's no help for David and God. But here's what David's response was. David had the spirit of faith. David believed in resurrection power. Here's what David said. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. He said, you are my glory. But not only are you my glory, but you are the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. I'm doing a whole lot better preaching than you know today. David is saying that he's going to restore me to the state from which my enemies have cast me down. I believe today that resurrection power and resurrection restoration is available to those who believe. Everyone say restore. Restore. David said restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Jeremiah said I will restore unto you. And I will heal you of your wounds. Hallelujah. Lastly, I just want to say this. Because I I realize that sometimes life can be difficult. And there are times where you might feel like you're in the pits. You might feel like you have fallen. You may feel despaired. You know, Jesus addressed this one day when the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were giving him a real difficult time. They were really, really hassling the disciples about... You know, how dare you do these works on the Sabbath day? How dare you violate this sanctified, sanctimonious Sabbath day? Well, one way that Jesus addressed it, he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. (laughs) And here's something that I love that's pertinent, I believe, to some of you here today. He said, what man is there among you that shall have one sheep? And if that man falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and will he not lift it out? And so what I see in this is this, is that he is the glory and the lifter out of the pits that perhaps you've fallen into. It doesn't matter what kind of pit it is. He is the God of the hills. He is the God of the valleys. And he is the God of the pits. And his resurrection power can raise you today. I love this scripture in Psalm 145. It says that the Lord will uphold. Say this with me. The Lord Lord will uphold all that fall. Psalms 145.13 says the Lord will uphold everything. Everyone that falls, and he will raise up all those that be bowed down. He's upholding all things by the word of his power. Say that with me. He is upholding all things by the word of his power. Now let's personalize that and say this. He's upholding me by the glorious word. Of his power. 
So in summary, what does the resurrection mean? What is included in this? I'm number one, there's the power to start over. If you've failed, if you've missed it, there's the power to start over. Number two, there's the power to keep going. When you feel like giving up, hallelujah, he'll raise you up. And then number three, there's the power to change your life. The power to transform you. The power to raise you. So the question would be this morning, is how then do I get the full benefit of what Jesus did for me? Number one, you accept his proof. How many of you have accepted the facts that he's alive? You accept his proof. You say this first dimension, I believe it. How many of you already confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus? And you've believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Well, according to the Bible, you're saved. And if you've not yet done that today, you can do that before you go home. But how do we tap into the benefits of this resurrection? Number one, we accept his proof. Number two, we believe his promise. We believe his promise. What's the promise? The promise is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then number three, we have faith and we count on his power. I'm counting on his power today. I'm counting on his grace. How about you? I'm activating and accessing the power of the Holy Spirit in my life every day. I'm accessing the power of his word every day in my life. I want to pray for you this morning. Let's bow our heads in prayer.